0: hey man what's going on hey Jay, what's up man you ready to talk movies i'm ready to talk movies let's do it hello and welcome to uh another episode of fear and there your favorite remotely recorded horror movie podcast it has been a number of weeks uh Months since I've posted, but you know, life has gotten the better of me, and uh, well, you know, we're we're at it again, nonetheless. Um, we have another uh, very special friends and family edition of the podcast here tonight. Um, our uh, o- illustrious co-host uh, Zachary Solomon is actually in the process of uh, working on a new house, so he'll have some updates for that soon. But um, in the meantime, on this episode, we have a return guest, shall I say, honorary host at this point. Um, So uh, we've got Asha. Asha, where are you calling in from?
1: I'm calling from LA, baby. Oh,
0: yeah. And I'm calling in from Rhode Island. I didn't say that, but I'm out of practice here. Um, So yeah, a true bi-coastal episode this this evening. Um, I'm excited to have you on the show here, Asha, because this is a... uh, (laughs) I feel like we keep bringing you on the show totally unintentionally to talk about the the uh horror movies that deal a lot with with women themes uh but you know here we are uh so we're talking about the 2022 a24 film men uh directed written and directed by alex garland a a personal favorite of mine um
1: it was a personal favorite of mine. now i'm not so sure yeah
0: perhaps that's a uh that this is an interesting turning point for him but um but yeah, I'm excited to talk about this one. Not necessarily because it was my favorite movie, nor nor did I hate it. I just don't really know how to dig into this. So, um, let's we'll just sort of dive in. But, but Asha, what was your um, what was your well, actually, before we jump in, um, Asha, you got some you got some projects going. Let's plug this at the top so people know. Uh, you're a you're a musician, a singer, songwriter, a artist out of L.A. Tell us where we can find you.
1: Uh, you can follow me. Asha, A-S-H-A, makes music, Uh, AshaMakesMusic.com, all that good stuff. Uh, Yeah, I just released a music video that upon, you know, watching this movie, I was like, I feel like there's some similarities here, (laughs) (laughs) but not all the way through, (laughs) just a little bit. (laughs) Um, Just the idea of, like, you know, dreams and multiple versions of yourself and you know rebirth killing something Mm -hmm. to be reborn stuff like that it's all just very Mm. i feel like normal themes in life but i i did see a little bit of a parallel
0: there nice yeah your music is always uh darkly romantic themed i feel like that's sort of like your your aim and and that's that's very much what this movie is is when you know relationships turn sour in, in a very, very real way. So, um, so great. Yeah, your the music video is sick. Very professional. Very Thank cool. You. Very. Uh, Directed very by well. Hannah Burgos. Mm, nice, nice. Got gotta plug those people. <laughs> uh, out yeah,
1: there. she's a great creator. She lives in the Bay Area. She's a friend of mine, and she killed nice. it.
0: Yeah, it looks great. I advise everyone to go check that out. At, um, you can you can find her at AshaMakesMusic and all of the social media channels. So. Men, Alex Garland. What um, I'd love to know what your context was going into this. Like, I have my own personal relationship with the art of Alex Garland, so I'll get into that in a sec. But I'm curious, what 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 were you looking for in this movie?
1: Okay, I love Ex Machina. I loved mm-hmm. uh, Annihilation. Uh, <clears throat> I didn't even realize this until I looked at Wikipedia that he wrote Sunshine. I mm-hmm. also loved that movie. Um, and I feel like all of those movies have a very, uh, interesting idea of like isolation. There's a lot of people being isolated and in like a small, small setting, uh, not a huge cast in any of those movies. It's always like max, like four people or something. Um, and then this was like basically two. (laughs) uh and i thought that was very interesting like he seems to really like to like hyper focus on characters so i was like okay this is like also in that vein um it just i feel like you know he's done sci-fi horror really well he did zombie horror because he did uh 28 days and weeks later later. um and this was like different this was straight psychological horror which the other ones are also but this one was like that's it <laughs> like there's no mm-hmm. i mean i guess it was more like folklore horror i guess if you take in like the green man and uh the what was the other one the i wrote it down the sheila not gig i had to look that up on mm-hmm. wikipedia mm-hmm. um so Are you gonna
0: bring some? You gonna bring some pagan religious insights into this? Yes,
1: I did like okay. a tiny bit of research because I was like, I've Good. never heard of this stuff. Uh, yeah,
0: it's a, a sem- semi spoiler, I guess, but yeah, not really. You're not, not really anyway. But but yeah, cool. Okay.
1: So that was basically. I was like, I know that it stars like one female actress and then one male actor who is portraying like multiple mm-hmm. people in one place, and that's all I knew going in.
0: Yeah, that's kind of like the one. Like, this is a strange movie, um, in the sense that like horror horror is a genre that is very easy to be like high concept, single sent like single sentence concepts. You know, like, um, like a good example is Midsommar. The like single s- sentence concept is like this is a horror movie that takes place almost entirely during the day. Like, like that you can yes. sort of describe what what sort of hooks it in this movie it's not really the concept and it's very strange cause it doesn't seem acknowledged in the language of the film, but it is the concept of, you know, Rory Kinnear, the, the, the essential uh, second lead in this film plays nine different people. And it's like very, very like sort of wielded in a very creepy way. Um, but that's all I knew about it as well going into it, obviously other than the fact that like it starts with a trauma. I think I knew that part, as most
1: horror um, yeah. movies seem to do, these especially A twenty four. It's a very interesting, very similar thing. midsummer.
0: Very interesting. So, like, it, it sort of dovetails nicely into. I, I actually like. I'm like really getting into the Alex Garland thing lately. So, Sunshine is like quietly one of my favorite movies. Um, it's 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 a movie we'll probably get to on this podcast eventually. Um, as, you must. So, yeah, it's a wonderful film. Cillian Murphy is is just great. Um, or if Zach were here, he would correct me and say Killian Murphy. Yes. Um, But, uh, and 28 Days Later, obviously, uh, 28 Days Later was his first script, Alex Garland, and Sunshine was there, you know, it was just a few years later. Yeah. Yeah. So, he did novels, it looks like. You know, I don't know too much about his work prior to that, but I am very familiar with those movies, and he is a... um, he is a, a a frequent collaborator in those early days with Danny Boyle, the, dir- the director of 28 Days Later in Sunshine, who is sort of like a, you know, classic in this realm.
1: But I'm glad um, that he went on his own because I feel like he has just way more, like, ideas of, like, good cinematography. Uh, like, it seems yes. very important to him to have, yeah. like, really lush colors and, like really immerse people in the worlds that he creates. So I'm like glad that he is both directing and writing now. That's probably what he wanted to do anyway. And it was like, all right, I have to like get these scripts and sell mm-hmm. them and then I can finally show that I'm a director or whatever. So I'm yeah, he has a
0: singular style that I, I actually do think it's weird. He definitely is inspired and influenced by Danny Boyle and his work with him. Um, but he is very specific and, and Ex Machina is a great example of that, um, which is, as you said, a very insular, isolated thing. I, I, Alex Garland, if I could kind of like, this movie does not really reflect this, but he seems very interested in the interaction between technology and nature. And that's like a very, um, it's a driving force in a lot of his, his written and directed by Agreed. work. Um, so, like, X Machina is the obvious example. Annihilation is great. It's also Well, Annihilation a, is,
1: like, you know, the difference is it's, instead of technology, it's uh, some, like, biological warfare. It's sort of
0: bio-alien tech, yeah. but it's, like, future, it's sort of, like, post-apocalyptic kind of. Um, but Annihilation is also based on a really wonderful book series, um, so if nobody's read it, you should read the Annihilation Trilogy, which is uh, by Jeff Vandermeer, I think is it Yeah, there. yeah. Um, but, but so that's, it's, it makes sense why he would be interested in that. It's sort of in that vein, but I'm I'm curious, have you seen the show devs?
1: I have. Yes. Yeah, actually, I, That
0: show also, I mean, it, you know, it's, it's technology and, and it's in our it's, and it like, has the
1: same, uh, actress actually.
0: Um, as, as this as ex machina. Oh, as ex machina. Yep. Yeah. 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 Correct. Yeah. The one who plays the, uh, machine lady. Yeah. Right.
1: Yes. I always Um, forget her name if she's like a Japanese actress, but.
0: Oh, no, 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 not machine. Oh, the, uh, the assistant, right, right, right. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. Um, she's good. She's really good in devs, but devs is also, devs is interesting because that, that to me was the first instance that I had seen of him exploring this concept of trauma. Cause like, uh, um, uh, the, the guy in, oh my God, I'm blanking, um, Nick Offerman sorry yes Uh, so Nick Offerman's character you know suffers a a trauma and a loss in that in that series and that's sort of like the central driving force of it Um, kind of spoiler alert but not really you kind of find out within a couple episodes but um, that show was him really kind of getting to explore this Um, and so I wasn't surprised to see that in this movie but this felt a lot more as you said sort of supernatural religion oriented he seemed to want to explore this concept of like adam and eve original sin yes. kind of stuff which i seemed out of left field for me and and i think that's I a, like a big a kind of a big part of why it didn't like the language didn't work for me in this. So I think I that's know.
1: why this movie probably wasn't as successful as some of his other stuff, because I think people have an idea of the kinds of films he does and this yeah. was so different. But I will say that one thing that I really I realized was like um something that he always has, it seems, in most of his films is this like idea of echoes, which was very prominent in this film, and then also in Annihilation. Those are like mm. two movies that are almost exactly T- entirely about like human echoes and like yeah hearing something coming back or seeing something coming back or multiple versions of you or all you know yeah. s- stuff like that
0: yeah let's come let's come back to that cuz i it's an interesting i didn't draw that parallel with annihilation but it, it, i mean it's true um yeah, I think I think it was good. I, I'll see anything that Alex Garland does. I, I think I just like his approach to to like you said, shooting a movie, directing a movie. Um, and but, he has
1: original ideas. I feel like the mm. stuff I've seen from him is is not Marvel, so I'm immediately drawn. <laughs> and it's horror, but not horror. Like I wouldn't even know if I would classify this as horror. There were sections that had horror elements, but yeah. like I don't even really know what genre this was. <laughs>
0: I definitely is horror at the end. Definitely not, not a palatable film in the last act. No, um, (laughs) I see what you're saying. It's sort of like oddly psychological thriller for a large part of it. Um, but then again, you know, you look at something like, uh, Midsommar and the first, uh, I keep talking about Midsommar, but the first act of, have you seen that? You've seen that movie, right? Yeah. 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 Um, I, I, I forget. Um, The first act of that movie is, like, the first 10 minutes of that movie has really nothing to do with, like... It it is essentially, like, a suicide drama, you know, trigger warning. Yes. Um, Yeah, it 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 triggered
1: my roommate, whose friend committed suicide in a very similar way. We had to turn
0: the movie off. it's, it's, It's horrible, and it's one of the most horrifying things in the movie, and it's not even... You haven't even gotten into the, like traditional horror parts of it by that point. So there is something to be said for, for some of the, the depictions of um, a relationship falling apart in this movie. Um, but yeah, we can get in, we can get into that. Um, Let's
1: get into it. Yeah.
0: I think that's good. Uh, I think that's good context. Uh, before we put up this little spoiler wall and start talking about some of the specifics in the movie, um, I guess I, uh, I think we kind of know where we're going on this, but like, uh, what we usually like to give a binary recommend or not in case somebody hasn't hasn't seen it and wants to decide whether they want to watch it or not. So, like, if somebody asked you, "Should I see this movie?" What would you say?
1: I'm gonna say what I told my friend Shannon earlier. Like, would I watch it again? Hell no. But was it interesting? Was it unpredictable? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think I we we talk a lot about like about like if you're a horror fan and you're a completionist or whatever it is like um you should see it because it's an A24 hor- horror film by Alex Garland so like like that alone is something that there's a lot of lineage it's in, a selling point in the genre yeah so i think it's worth seeing just to sort of like see what he's up to you know definitely um, and he's definitely playing with something that's very surprising and unique here, even if I think some of the themes are a little on the nose. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's probably worth seeing. I I don't think I'm going to rate it very highly at the end. So there's your spoiler same, for that. But, same. but I, I do think it's worth seeing. It's sort of this odd, this is rare, but it's this odd, like cognitive disson- dissonance of it not, of it very clearly being a movie that isn't pleasant to watch and isn't satisfying to watch at the end but i'm glad i have seen it so um so that's a fair rating yeah (laughs) okay cool so we're going to um put up the spoiler wall if you haven't seen this film uh you know, pause the podcast, go watch it, or you know, if you don't give a shit, then keep listening. We're gonna talk Let's about a few go. things, um, talk about some gross things and uh, some and very weird things. <laughs> all right. Well, the spoiler wall is going down about. <laughs> 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 a pause for a sound. Okay, um I I really should hook up like a trigger a trigger. just yeah. Like like put a trigger pad on my uh, MIDI controller or something. Um, I've I've created this spoiler wall sound using like a funny noise Zach made in like episode two, um, and I like doubled it and reverbed it and like reversed it and flipped it, and and now it's like this weird demonic sound that that I use just as a jarring noise to tell people that they're in the spoiler section. Sounds perfect. (laughs) Um.
1: I want to, I wanna, before we even continue, because you said something about Rory Kinnear playing multiple people and nothing being commented yeah. on it. And I, some of the, I went on Reddit and read some comments and someone made some good points. Um, and like, one of it is, is like, there's the possibility that she just sees all men the same. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, it doesn't even matter that they're all the same yeah. man in this. And then there's also the idea that like she does see them differently but she just doesn't care (laughs) like
0: yeah yeah they're they're not they're not important to her so it's just they're just serving a place so why cast them differently um i don't know it's interesting i so it isn't acknowledged Overtly in the performance of the plot, I was looking because I knew this was a factor of the movie. I, I was looking for this, and I and I thought it was it was pretty good. It was wielded in a particularly creepy way with the little boy. Yeah, um, that was a little weird to watch, um, but. I was the first couple of times you saw a man, and you saw that it was it was Rory Kinnear. Um, I was expecting her to kind of double take and be like, "Wait, aren't you Jeffrey, the guy who just showed me, or whatever?" I thought that was going to be a plot point, but it's just not. It's just not. Um, and so, I mean, you're talking a little bit about what you what you read on Reddit, but I'm curious, like, how you absorbed that part because I think this is a really good place to start because that that is the hook of the movie, and I think it could have been something that like they could have dug in right and have her kind of exploring this village. And every time she meets a new person, it's the same guy and she's freaking out deciding whether she has psychosis or whatever it is, but she's not, she's just in it's, it seems like it's something for the audience, not for her. So like, I don't know, like did that color your viewing at all of this with your expectations? Uh, I mean,
1: yeah, I agree. It was definitely for the audience. I don't either. She was willingly not, caring, like because she thinks all men are the same because she's too busy dealing with her trauma or because in general, just, you know, maybe she just doesn't care or whatever it is. But I, I thought it was interesting that that was something that was never spoken about or brought up throughout the entire film. It was just like, we're accepting this reality. She's accepting this reality and it's for us to, to notice more than her.
0: Yeah. So there's like this surface level theme that I think is very clearly something that that garland is going after here that i think is uh very very aggressively on the nose i don't think it's a theme at all it's like a direct representation on the screen this concept that all men are the same and serve the same purpose for her
1: well that's the thing i don't think they all serve the same purpose and this was one reddit comment that i thought was interesting and it was like that every one every version was a different perception of men to her It was like another way that she was like different types of men that she was perceiving. Cause like each one of them treated them, treated her very differently. Um, Mm -hmm. Even though they were technically all the same, Same. I guess it was like hive mind or something like that. They were all like really one being, but they all had different relationships towards her and treated her Mm -hmm. differently. Um, But you know, we're all still perceiving him as the same him.
0: Yeah. So it's interesting. Okay, so this this idea of the, this hive mind thing is is the point here. Obviously, this is a supernatural being of some sort that is manifesting in different ways. But
1: is it even real? Like, that was, by the end, I was like, was any of this real? Was it all in her head? Like, was well, it just her know, dealing be- through trauma? This was, like, how she was yeah, I- interpreting her trauma for, like, what she, the guilt of, like, her husband spoiler committing suicide or now they say uh not committing but uh, uh there's like a a more pc per- term per-
0: perpetrating what do you mean uh oh i I, had, I was not aware of a new pc term for this
1: yeah i think it's like uh i don't know i f- forget what it is now but it's mm-hmm. yeah he he kills himself at the very beginning and and she yeah. has guilt about it because it was all because well, to him because they were divorcing which is just like even in the movie she's upset about it cuz she's like you can't do that to me and it's like yeah that's the most manipulative guilt trippy thing that you can do to somebody that you supposedly love
0: yeah well i i read severe desperation on this guy's voice this guy clearly had problems in his sort of like his sort of self image so that that was like where it was coming from what i did think was interesting was that they even in death, he almost like had a way out because like he, he didn't, um, they, they didn't s- clearly say that he killed himself. They, cause there was that moment where she was like, the story was that he tried to climb dat- back down into the apartment from the outside and slipped and fell. Yeah. She doesn't know whether he committed suicide or not, but like, even, even like there's, there's like.
1: Even if that, that were true, that was still crazy. Right. Like that you can't like, that's mm-hmm. an insane thing to do to like. Cause that's not going to change her mind. As she said, like when he punched her in the face, like this is how you're going to win me over. And it's like, you, your relationship mm-hmm. was our, it was done the second that you hit her. Like, I mean, it, she was done, you it was
0: done before that. It right? was done like, before
1: that, but there was irreparable damage done at that moment. Physical, physical. Yeah. It,
0: well, it, it's interesting because like, as we're talking about different manifestations of this green demon man, Kinnear creature, um, you see her actual husband in those flashback moments, go through every iteration of that in in and of themselves. There's that first conversation where they're arguing about divorce. And then he goes through like a lot of different, like first he says like, no, you can't do this. Like whatever. Then he says, we made promises to each other. So he's appealing to like her human connection and then she's not having it. So then he says, we got married in a church. We made promises to God. So he's sort of that like Vicar character. Um, And then he hits her. So he's, uh, you know, at that point, he's the, uh, one of those like bar brute guys that doesn't really say anything in the movie. So like, it's all, it's interesting because what you're saying is there's all these like, or what I think you're saying is there's all, all these like male personas in the movie that are just different permutations of what is essentially the same thing, which is like somebody, it's one man. Yeah. They all represent
1: her now dead husband.
0: Right. Um, And none of them are good for her in any way. Even the, even jeffrey who's the first one she meets right oh Who, he's us- annoying
1: right off the bat like like the fa- right. okay I, I and i even wrote this in my notes the fact that she lied about playing piano it's such a small that's weird very yeah. subtle yeah, that was an
0: interesting choice but
1: i understand that on so many levels as a woman and a musician when you're just like i don't want to have a conversation with i just want to shut this down i just want to like be at peace be alone and some dude is in your face and you're like yeah yeah i just don't even play piano so you can just end the conversation right, right there and then immediately your friends call and she's like oh you play and she's like yeah i play you know because she has she can (laughs) let her guard down she can be who she really is she's like constantly like a woman in real life dealing with just like living in a men's world like it's it like immediately i'm like i totally understand this like i feel this every day of my life and all of this makes Mm. sense
0: yeah she actually plays she plays piano quite well actually so it's clearly like an important part of her life because she's playing like it's like a chopin yeah yeah. it's a chopin yeah um you know it's not one of his virtuosic ones but it's she's playing it beautifully like out of the bat so i when she when that started i was like wait what? And then I realized, I
1: immediately picked up on it when she lied about it. I was like, she kind of pauses and then she sort of like flick,
0: flicks her eyes toward the piano. And I was like, I
1: think she's Mm -hmm. lying. And then later on I was like, yeah, yeah. She just wanted to shut the conversation down and like get to being alone in that house. She just wanted to be alone. That's why she was there. She was like, I'm done (laughs) with this guy. Please go.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, and ostensibly this Jeffrey character was perhaps like, her husband when they were first married, like perhaps he was somebody who was like in all intents and purposes, like a jovial, nice person who seemed to care about her comfort yes. outwardly. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. So, so I agree. Like- Jeffrey probably does re- like represent maybe the beginning of the relationship or at least somebody I, I almost thought of him almost like a um, father like figure, like maybe a, it reminds her of her Mm -hmm. dad. Like, I mean, obviously that's not a character that exists in this film, but you know, I'm assuming she had a dad or has a dad at some point. Um, and like, you know, that's like a fatherly figure, like even your significant other can have fatherly, uh, sure. Well, he's attributes.
0: Yeah, he did. Um, what, what is interesting? There is an odd moment in his whole spiel, um, I mean, there's a lot of odd moments, but it, it seems mostly there were only two things that were out of the tone of of like the rest of his tour. One of them was the apple joke. Yeah. The, oh, mustn't do that forbidden fruit or whatever. Um, that part, uh, <laughs> that part was, I think that was in the trailer. So I, I think the I, that was supposed to like hit home the, these like sort of like religious themes that were, I think we're going to get into next. Um but the second one was the the feminine products comment. Um,
1: yeah, like, it was awkward.
0: I It was just sort of like...
1: It reminds me of a conversation that I had with my dad as a child. And it was just like, yeah, don't put pads down the toilet. You know, like every right. woman I feel like has had that kind of conversation if they lived with like a dad.
0: <laughs> right. But it's also interesting because like I've been to plenty of like Airbnbs and stuff where they've said something to this effect and it hasn't been specifically um to women it has yeah it hasn't been specifically women don't do this you'll clog you'll ruin the septic it's been like we have a weak septic please don't flush you know paper towels and all of this like they've it's it's been a little more tactful and a little bit more general like because because like a dude could do that too so i again i don't she's she was the only she was the only the person staying at this thing this place so it wasn't it didn't strike me as like off color when he said it but it struck me as off Character, So it was sort of a diversion. I mean, so I think that's a little what we're talking about. Like, he was generally, like, a helpful person at, at the outset. But, like, he was still only operating on his own agenda. Um, like, even when he, like, helped her take the bags upstairs, he came back and was like, oh, worked up a sweat, should have let you help or something. And it was like... <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I'm
1: just gonna say as a woman every single dude in this rubbed me the wrong way completely yeah. like there was yeah. no guy no version of him or her husband that I was like they seem okay like even the cop I was like everyone in here is trash like if I met these people in real life I would be like okay what's your deal man like <laughs> Mm. uh like you first of all for assuming that i you know would flush a feminine product on the toilet it's like i'm over 30 i know by now like where they go i don't (laughs) i don't need to like be told that like that's you know insane and then like every other dude from then on just got like worse and worse and Worse worse and worse
0: and worse except like the naked guy was obviously the worst iteration
1: but he didn't talk so i was like okay (laughs)
0: so he was the most palatable to you because it was just like well it's just just a dick in your face (laughs)
1: that's nothing I've never seen it's fine
0: yeah well the male form is not very attractive so um, and you know rory kinnear god bless him not the most attractive man no um, I,
1: they definitely wanted someone because he I, I watched that uh what was that showtime show that he would played like frankenstein's monster run and uh, like it just reminded me so uh, much of that and the whole time he's like i'm so ugly and then i'm watching him again and i'm like yes I, that's all i can mm-hmm. see is you just being like i'm horrendous
0: <laughs> he's very toothy very yeah. strange looking character um yeah I, I, so it's interesting now that we're talking a little bit about it because it's true. She doesn't talk about any other men at all in her life. It's just this female friend who we later find out to be pregnant as well. So there's some significance there, I guess. I guess. Um, but like, <laughs> who knows you, what you, it is? Yeah. So <laughs> I, I think, look, this is the most obvious read of the movie. You know, like these are all different iterations of what is essentially the same, which is, like men or her specific man was toxic to her and was, you know, like basically dragging her into his psychosis and into his world. Um, Yeah. Like that's the most obvious read of the movie, I think. And like, obviously touching on it's important. And I think that's probably why it's probably a little bit of why this movie is strange to me because he seems to like, that didn't, doesn't seem to really be good enough for garland like if you just sort of like went through on that thing and it just sort of became her trying to kill these creatures trying to enter the house right yeah like if we didn't have that third act and we didn't have that moment in the church with the the that sort of deity that i'm hoping you're going to talk about more the
1: green man and the uh what was it the sheila nagig
0: okay yeah um which we can pivot to next. But um, if he had just stuck with that, I almost wonder if it would have been better. It may have been too obvious, but um, I, I got to tell you, so this this like, I had a similar feeling to the, the first two thirds of this movie that I had to another movie I just saw. Have you seen uh, Don't Worry Darling yet? I haven't. Um, so I'm not going to give spoilers away, but it's not getting very good reviews because that movie is, again, the the message of that movie is not a message you have to hunt for and not a message you have to, like... It's not an allegory. It's literally just, like, them saying...
1: What's happening. You know, yeah,
0: and so it's, like... And it's, the, you know, that movie, the, the the conceit of that movie is not terribly uh, original. So I felt a little bit for two-thirds of this movie. I was like, okay, I get it. Yeah, this is, this is creepy. This is unnerving. This is upsetting. She's going through something, and, you know her husband was a horrible partner to her. And this is her trying to cope with that and get through it. Um, but it felt a little obvious and it felt like a little on the nose. Um, I don't know that that's always a bad thing, but that's, that's sort of how I felt for those parts. But then he kind of throws this whole supernatural stuff, pagan stuff into it. Um, so I'm kind of curious. Um, well, so like what, what reading did you do on that stuff?
1: Um so the green man represents rebirth, and i'm assuming that represents like her husband these all these men uh i mean like they literally show like this green man birthing men so like well, birthing ad Rory finitum, yeah. yeah over and over again in a very extreme way that i was not prepared for it was like it oh sort of okay it comes out of left
0: field 100% uh, yeah, what what um religion is this like uh, like original sort of pagan pre-Christian stuff?
1: This is like pre-Christian, yeah, but it's like okay. th- it's in a lot of like European churches. Um, and then the other one is Sheila Nagig, which is the one with the large vulva and that is used to kind of ward off death in demons. Um, so I'm assuming she kind of becomes that character because she must um Mm. to in order to like fight this guy at the end i i'm you know so i feel like it's just the the two of those like weird folksy figures kind of fighting each other in this weird
0: world do they have so okay so this is it's interesting that it's like sort of like pre-christian europe let me ask you first like a little diversion have you ever have you ever been or stayed in a remote area like this like in, in like Ireland or UK or something? I
1: haven't. And now I'm like, after all these films I've watched, maybe I shouldn't.
0: <laughs> well, so we, uh, when, when Julie and I went to Ireland a couple of years back, um, just before the pandemic, we, we, uh, rented a car and, you know, drove around and we did The Ring of Kerry and we did all that stuff. But, um, mostly we were staying in like Dublin and, um, um, Galway and, 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 and a few other places, um, mostly like cities with neighborhoods and stuff. Yeah. But we did one remote stay where we went to some little village that um, this guy had bought this old, had converted this old donkey farm into an airbnb situation and they had a main house that was really for like 12 people and then the the barn where there were like donkey stalls he had converted the donkey stalls into these tiny studio apartments um it ended you know it was it ended up being like the equivalent of like seventy bucks for the night or something. And so so you like, slept let's... in a
1: donkey stall.
0: But it was very beautifully like it was it had a bathroom and a running, you know, it was it was like a, a true studio apartment, like one of those like small New York apartments that are like 150 square feet, you know? Sure. Um so I, I'm sure it wasn't each individual stall, you know. I'm just, there were like four apartments <laughs> in this barn. Um, but like it was so, so, so like Ireland in general, which I imagine some of these UK villages, you see that a little bit in here. Um, is very the roads are very skinny. Um, and they're like essentially like they're so skinny that they only fit one car. Like we were driving down one of these roads and like bushes were hitting both of our mirrors at the same time, like going down the road. Love that. Um, and so, like, getting to this place, if you, come to a car that was going the other direction you one of you had to back up until there was a place for you to like pull off so that the other person could go by Mm -hmm. um and like the neighbors in this area all knew that you only you only go in like a clockwise motion through this road you know and like we obviously went the wrong way because we're not from there um and so it was just like we felt very trapped and isolated we were right next to the woods and it was very very much like this there was like one store in the village like a 10 minute drive away that we got some some food at or whatever but we mostly just like hung out at this place in the middle of nowhere in the middle of ireland and i was like this is cool but it like it feels a lot older than america yes i don't know if that's just me assuming but
1: i feel that way when i go to poland or anywhere really in europe but definitely in poland like that you like even though warsaw is mostly completely rebuilt after world war ii um just like just I've been to like castles and stuff and they're just like, they're so much older than things that exist here. And it's kind of insane to think about.
0: Right. Um, I'm, I'm sort of like, so the reason that I sort of bring it up, um like I, I'm wondering okay, why so she like, chose
1: this location.
0: Yeah. It, it's I, I, look, I, she, she's trying to get over, this thing right so so the idea i i get the sense that like somebody convinced her that going to a remote holiday was like the best way to do it but like i don't know like it obviously wasn't a good choice but but why do you think that's where she ended up
1: oh no i mean i know exactly why she ended up there is because like that sometimes you just want to disappear like if bad things okay. i know i feel that way um you just want to find the closest place where you can just like disappear into the world where nobody knows you and you just want that like peace that quiet of like anonymity Mm -hmm. and um because i'm sure you know she's she said she lived in london and i'm like i'm sure if she was hanging with all her friends they would all be like oh my god i'm so sorry i heard about your husband like all this stuff and she's probably like i don't want to hear any of that like also he kind of he did this to himself like we were about to divorce and then he Mm. threatens to kill himself. And then he either falls or dies. Like, you know, kills himself off of this, building and it's I have to deal with that guilt and people staring at me about it you know it's like I I totally understand why she was probably like I'm just gonna go to this like nice remote like Airbnb it looks so cute and like I can kind of relax and be by myself with my thoughts and like my sister did something like that when she got divorced she like went into the middle of nowhere and like I think New Hampshire or something for like a weekend she just like got a house so Mm -hmm. like this is totally something I feel like women do like when they need to like just to be alone with their thoughts or to recover. Um, I mean, not every woman, but definitely I've, I've heard of something like this. So yeah. it makes sense.
0: But like this remote, so like the, there was, there's some allusions to how remote this is. Um, I, I do like that, that there are these little villages that have functioning pubs and churches that like in, in England, cause that feels like sort of a uniquely European thing. Sure. Um, and they're like, probably like a
1: thousand years old. These pubs,
0: <laughs> right, right, exactly. Um, but I, I kind of wonder because there was an allusion to it when he said, like, "Oh, well, here's the key," but you don't have to worry about locking your door around here. Um, and like, I don't know. Do you do you think that's true? Like, would you would would you feel safer in a remote area like this, or more unsafe? Because like to me, maybe it's because I've seen so much so much horror, but being more isolated, like getting a cabin in the woods or whatever, is not. I understand the appeal of it, but it's also like more isolating and could, could perhaps lead to more anxiety. No.
1: I, I mean, this character seemed like she,
0: it's what she didn't wanted.
1: care. Yeah. She was mm-hmm. just like, I, I like it out here. This is what I wanted. And yeah. Um, yeah, sometimes that's just what you want. I mean, obviously she locked the door. I also would have locked the door yeah, all, right. the, at all times if I were in that house. I mean, I do that yeah. regardless of where I am. So, um she had the right idea there it's right. just like you know uh sometimes it's also just like man this airbnb listing it just looks dope i don't care where it is like i just want to stay in this it house it's a beautiful
0: house yeah. it's definitely like 80 percent because the house is so nice 100 percent. Piano is great um yeah that's cool um yeah I, i'm sorry i'm re- i was reading a little bit quickly on on the green man too um I don't know that it's like specifically pagan. It's it's actually across a lot of different cultures, it looks like. Um, yeah. Yeah, it looks like it goes back to like second century Asia and Middle East. Um,
1: so he's been around.
0: Yeah, he's been around.
1: He gets around. Uh,
0: <laughs> it does seem like as an architectural feature, um, which I don't know that th- that was the case in this church, but as an arch- architectural feature, it looks like it got a resurgence with like Gothic revival stuff. Sure, yeah. Um, and so I think that's... Uh, a little bit of what this is so who knows it maybe is not that old at all like
1: i read that alex garland like got interested in the idea of the green man and i think that's where this film kind of all came out of i think he was like yeah i want to make a film that's modern but also draws inspiration from this thing this like old creature
0: right so so this this dovetails nicely into the this other thing of like because there's obviously these allusions to like original adam and eve stuff so like original sin the Mm, apple forbidden fruit and all of that but it seems like it seems to reverse that and it's very interesting that the green man is a man i feel like pagan fertility goddesses are more common um I don't know. This is just me knowing nothing about, (laughs) about this, this topic. No,
1: I mean, everyone says mother nature. It's like, yeah, it's very interesting to think about men being the ones like birthing the world, which is why that scene was so weird. Cause at first I was like, does he have a vagina? No, he does not.
0: (laughs) It was just splitting right there. I mean, it was Uh, very vagina esque. Yeah. And then, and then the next one was birthed out of, his back and then the yeah, one after it was that just was coming all out, out of it. his mouth. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Um, I, we can talk about the grotesqueries. I, I'd love to get into some of like the special effects because because I I'm really split on them. But um, like the visual <laughs> look, the visual look of this film was very specific. Um, obviously there's like a fuck ton of green in this oh, movie. Yeah. So yeah, it was beautiful so, to look at. Yeah. So I, like, I had to change the settings. I have this beautiful new 4K TV in my Ooh. living room that like. That like if you buy any Samsung TVs like and you and you accidentally have it on like the vibrant setting or whatever, it like blows all the colors out and it looks almost like a cartoon. But um but I want to get back to this this thing because like I think the story of Adam and Eve, which is sort of it sort of sets this up is is you know, this idea of original sin. That's the reason that baptism is a thing in modern Christianity and and confession. Exactly. Um, Which also the
1: vicar was like, you know, tell me your story. And then she tells us the story and she thinks she's going to be, you know, not judged. And then he's like, well, you could have just apologized. And she's (laughs) like, uh, okay. Like, I yeah, guess well, you're not on
0: my side. Not even apologize. It was like, do you think you didn't give him a chance to apologize? Like, I didn't know what mental gymnastics this man creature had to come up with to, like, for that to be his response. But um, I've read
1: many things on Reddit, like, many opinions on Reddit that would have totally sided with him. And I'm like, ah, oh, damn, these are all, this is just an incel. Like, wait, this is really, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. I,
0: look, I'm not interested in getting into any of that. Like, any like this movie is like there's a clear message about role reversal and about like giving men the power of rebirth and flipping the original sin and like but the there's something very poignant about the fact that that birth scene at the end was 100% murderous of the previous so like yes. when a guy when this guy gave birth to this thing it died. Yes. And then, then, and so on and so on. But that happens
1: in nature a lot. Like a lot of male, like bugs and stuff will just, you know, have like their, their female counterparts will just rip their heads off. And I'm like, yeah, that's just nature, baby. Yeah.
0: Well, so I, I don't know. Like, there's obviously like a comment about like man's sin being violence and all of that and being like, um, perhaps like selfishness and, and whatever. Like if men, if men were in spot, were responsible for birth, like, (laughs) <laughs> this is what it would be like. Oh yeah, um, for sure. So I, I don't know, like that there are religious components sort of related to this green man thing, but um he's not coming up with this as like his idea. So I, it seems strange to me to go from it's it's felt like a different movie when it went into that third act and we can talk a little bit about the grotesque i feel
1: like that happens in a lot of his movies though like sunshine it just seems like it was a regular Mm. sci-fi film and then all of a sudden Mm. it becomes a horror film and you're like oh this is just a horror film it's not even just a sci-fi like and the same with like annihilation i feel like there's you know that whole bit at the end when she's dancing with like the copy of herself a spoiler uh and then you know (laughs) There's also parts in Ex Machina where it gets weird, so I feel like he always does. And I even wrote this: What's up with Garland movies getting really weird around the three fourth mark?
0: Yeah, I look. I mean, Sunshine's actually really, really get great comparison because it really does shift a hundred percent. Because I mean, you say it's like it's a realistic sci fi movie up until that point, but it's like the plot of that movie is there on a journey to reignite the sun, which is like, like yeah. I, I, yeah, I mean, I, I guess there's some like scientific accuracy to the concept of like, we need the sun to survive. So there's like a groundedness there, but like when they get to the ship, there's this <laughs> supernatural sun demon or whatever. Uh, again, spoiler for sunshine. Um, it's interesting that you talk about this movie sort of shifting at the end because it obviously does. Um, but I, I, I think it still was was holding on a similar similar clip to me up until the very very end. Like the birth part is when it really jumps the shark for me, which is yeah. really only like ten minutes from the end, um, because he, he's still doing stuff that's sort of like kind of in in realm with what, what the rest of the movie is um, before. Like the the part that really gets me is when uh, when the demon uh, thing reaches its hand through the mail slot and she stabs it with the knife.
1: Yeah. And then- I mean, I immediately was like, oh, okay, so this is the injury that her husband had yes. when he committed suicide. Right.
0: So that, that is like, if, if the, if it wasn't clear until that point, because then the demon a hundred percent has this injury the rest of the time, which was this really gross sort of floppy hand thing, which was very disturbing to watch. Did not like, um, so yes, it is just more connection to the fact that this demon is, is pulling its direct sort of being from her relationship with her husband. Um, but this was still like a very like, okay, cool. You're still, you're, you're going, going for the same thing, the same thing, but then the birth thing starts. And I just don't, I don't know. I'm curious to hear your interpretation as it relates to that other, that other reading of, of, you know, this creature being multiple versions of her husband. Um, like it, that seems strange to me that like this birth part was part of that because that seems sort of like he threw that out and was just like, remember how this was about the green man and about rebirth and how men are born into violence and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. A little too on the nose. Yeah. So I don't know. Like, I I feel like he could have done with done without that part and sort of like ended it with her, I don't know, getting away or her friend coming or whatever. Um, But I don't know. What do you, what do you think of, of the birth part? (laughs)
1: did i want to see that no i mean that's i yeah i was like i think i looked away to like write notes or something for like a second and then i looked back up and i was like what is happening i was not ready for that uh and then she just like like just her like staring at it i don't know like i was like how would you react if you saw this happening in front of you it's like would you i think i would probably look at it like it was a crashing car and be like i can't like look away from this do i want to look at this though not really and then like the whole lead up to like her husband being birthed out of that guy's mouth and then them just like chilling on the couch and Mm. like and and i mean to me it was just like her i guess like letting go of this guilt Mm. that she obviously was feeling towards her husband because at at the end she's just like got a smile on her face and it's like i mean obviously you wouldn't get over this that that quickly um but good for her i guess if this is what it took is her going to the english countryside and like experiencing all this weird stuff for her to be like i'm okay with what happened here i guess
0: (laughs) yeah so is this creature living there or is this in her head
1: I feel like it's gotta be in her head or you I don't mean, think but, it's... but then like, I don't know when her friend shows up and there's like blood everywhere and the car is crashed. Yeah. It's like, yeah. What was that? Like, but why is this creature like bothering her? Why is it manifesting as guilt for her husband's death?
0: Yeah. Well, I don't guilt perhaps is not what I read from her feelings
1: or responsibility. I... Perhaps, some perhaps
0: responsibility but perhaps it's like she she was in a relationship that she could not for the life of her get out of right because she tried to get divorced and he wouldn't hear it and then she was getting scared of him and he punched her in the mouth and then he, she closed her out she closed him out of the apartment right yes and then he pushed his way into the apartment above to try to get back in and then died. And then now she can't separate herself from him because she's stuck with this trauma now. So like I read this, like there was nothing that she could do to get away from this guy Um, and to get away from this. She had to sort of face it head on and she had to like acknowledge him. And the only way that she was going to get out of this was to acknowledge him for what he wanted, and his needs, Um, which is the last line of the movie, right? Like she's literally like, okay, fine. You've done all of this. You've crawled back in to my life, you know, straight out of some demon's mouth.
1: What You have my attention.
0: Yeah. What do you want? And he said, your love is the last line. Which again is
1: very manipulative. Like Mm -hmm. everything that her husband says in this film is so manipulative and why a lot of women stay in abusive relationships. And I guess maybe that's the real allegory is like, these kinds of just toxic yeah. relationships and like how hard it is to cut that tie, cut the umbilical cord, I guess. Ooh,
0: ooh. Yeah. Nice, nice imagery. Um, I, yeah, I, look, I mean, it's, that's clearly, clearly a, a point at the end of this. Um, I do think that the thing is real because there's the blood, there's that trail of blood leading into the house. What I guess I'm confused about is where were the demons bodies?
1: Well, really, it was only one body, right? It's
0: well, so yeah. Like, what happens to the carcass that gave birth to the other thing? Does it just disappear? Who knows? I'm I'm asking you for I'm asking you for logistics.
1: I and yeah, and also, why is her? Why does it matter that her friend is pregnant at the end? Like, why is that like a highlight? Why, like, that's where, like, the very last like minute of this film is like that there's so many more questions that come up and zero answers and I'm like okay you just left me with that on my plate yeah. thank you
0: Well they're trying to get us to talk right Um yeah I don't like we can I, don't, I have no answer for the pregnant woman at the end like other than the fact like this is what
1: Well this... I mean if we're taking like Sheila Nagig as the you know ward of death and demons I guess her friend coming like is a ward Mm -hmm. of death and demons and i guess we could use that you know since she is a fertile woman and yeah you know is sure her i guess ward her protection in some way
0: yeah i think like all of these are good readings i just in my head so i'm gonna i'm gonna invoke another ari aster movie um so (laughs) hereditary yes um very pagan Uh, yeah, I mean, we've done that on, we've done that on this podcast. Um, I have a lot of
1: opinions about that film.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Spoilers abound for that. So, you know, stop fast forward. I don't know, two minutes. If you don't want to hear about the ending of hereditary, but you spend a good portion of hereditary, pretty sure that it's not a supernatural movie. Um, and that anything that's going on is a direct relationship of grief, a direct relation to grief, right? Like, cause the movie opens with the grandmother dying and then, um, obviously that hor- horrific the most accident. horrific
1: one of the most mm-hmm. horrific things i've seen in cinema yeah. for sure
0: um but there's no demon stuff yet right like you you don't know that yet until the very end of the movie And i then actually
1: be- yes and i actually don't like that that it, it is actually demon stuff i that was what lost me in that film i was like i would have dealt with <laughs> the grief part but the fact that they were like oh no no this is all real and there's like this you know yeah old old creature trying to like come back to life i was like oh okay i misread this film
0: yeah but i mean it, it can be both i think it doesn't have to be one or the other um i like the demon stuff at the end because i find movies that are psychological thrillers <laughs> well i i psychological thrillers are fine like but like i find demon movies very scary and sure. very uh evocative for me um so I like to read this movie that this is that, that this is a depraved green man who is this sort of like symbol. And
1: it's latched onto her in some way.
0: Yeah. Or it's like, it lives in this village. Right. Because remember the actual green man who I'm going to say is represented by naked Rory Kinnear. Sure. Um, is hanging out in that like old abandoned house right like i know he doesn't make himself seen until she walks by but like he's there that's his like home base so like to me that has nothing to do with any of the other things like she didn't seek that person out she almost stumbled on him so like i like to think that this is like a green man demonic presence that is sort of feeding off and manifesting in a way that's like feeding off of her sure. trauma and sure. her grief. And that's what's going on. And sure. Like she kind of, and gets it's over a
1: rebirthing it. trauma.
0: Exactly. Yeah. But then she leaves cause she's sort of overcome it and she's done what she needs to do and sort of born again into a new life, I guess. Um, and then this thing is still there, right? Like, and it's just not gone. So that's sort of like how I read. That's why I like to read it as real because I find that infinitely scarier. Um, but like to that point there's this altar in the church that is depicting these two whatever deities or gods or whatever. Um that's what you're saying, right? Like the green man was on the front and then on the back was the the lady with the Sheila
1: and a gig, yeah.
0: Yes. Um was this just gothic revival artistic choice on the church's part or do you think like this village is subscribing to this i don't know like do you or maybe do you know what I mean? maybe
1: green man built it himself and i mean because yeah. like the vicar and the child they're all rory Kinnear. so it's totally possible that this green man made this church like you know hundreds of years ago and mm-hmm. is uh basically um praying at the altar to himself
0: Yeah, so I mean, like, the only, other than her friend, the only stranger that is associated with this village that is not Rory Kinnear is the female police officer.
1: Which I was going to mention, and I don't really understand her place in this village, and if she realizes everything that's going on, or if, like, maybe this whole situation is only happening at this point in time. And like, normally all these men are different and living mm-hmm. their own lives. It's just right now he's like embodying all these men and,
0: yeah,
1: and forcing this woman to like go through this trauma. Yeah. We'll never right.
0: know. Yeah. It's, I, I mean, I think we're supposed to make the decision for ourselves. I actually think the female police officer is i don't i think that's maybe she's also
1: a sheila Nagig. she was kind of there (laughs) well no because she's there and she's like oh i wouldn't worry like you know you're safe here like she was very warm and like yeah calming A calming presence um whereas all the male characters obviously weren't she was like the only one who like treated her actually nicely other than like her other friend
0: she was also kind of the only one who took action for her right yeah like because in a very literal way, she she is the one who represents taking this guy into custody. And then the male police officer is the one who represents releasing him. Yes. So. I mean, that sort of fits. I mean, OK, I, I you're you're helping me out a little with the interplay between these two these two ancient male female things. Um, you're welcome. But but yeah, it is a strange vehicle. It does seem separate and again it's similar to hereditary in that way where it's like it's about one thing and then it's sort of also about this other thing and they're related yes
1: it's a it's a there's it's a lot of reading on top of reading it's and Mm -hmm. uh and i like movies that are this complicated generally it's just i felt like as you said like the ending was it was it satisfactory like did you walk away from the film being like yeah everything kind of worked out it's like not really
0: <laughs> no i mean i guess it's a happy ending you said it yourself she smiles and her friend comes and then you're supposed to like believe that she left um
1: yeah she got out yeah i believe that she got out of that weird hell that she was living in and now now her and her friend can truly like enjoy the home and like relax and like get over this drama yeah. or whatever
0: yeah or they just got the fuck out of there but yeah like, who knows
1: i feel like but, she probably stayed she was like i'm comfortable now
0: it's, it's good it's a nice house i i've whatever my,
1: my the, i'll still the, get a five-star on airbnb you know <laughs>
0: it's you no know, pretty good it's got a nice grand piano
1: the atmosphere zero but everything else <laughs> the amenities five stars
0: <laughs> yeah i mean I, I mean look the female characters in this are they are the ones who take action and who are um I guess, like emotionally, like empathetic um, and are paying attention to her, whereas all the men are just sort of like feigning empathy. Like remember uh, the line, that line that Jeffrey says, um, actually it was, I thought it was pretty pretty poignant and it, on the nose, but pretty poignant when he says, oh, this was just a crow that flew through the window. And she's like, no, I definitely saw a guy run at me in the yard there's definitely someone here. You have to like, trust me on this. And he literally says, hold on. Like this guy was arrested earlier. I'd have no reason not to trust you. So I trust you. And then he makes a joke and then he makes it about himself because then he, as he's going out the door, he's like, you know, my father told me that I was not military material. Yes. Uh, So, but I'm going to prove him wrong. And it's like, well, dude, this is not about you.
1: It's not about you at all. But you know, that's the male ego right there
0: and the green man right the green man it's all about him right because he's he holds the keys to fertility and all that so i
1: i would like to know if alex garland spoke to women before he wrote this um you only don't be- think he did no i think he did because some of the lines that men said are things i've literally heard spoken at me and that that have annoyed me to no end that i've just been like wow like the only thing that was missing was like hey why don't you smile more you know like if i had heard that i would have been like (laughs) oh oh here we go like you know but he he didn't even need to because everything else was so like like small you know like a death by a thousand cuts it's all very like like men probably watching this i don't know if you were like every line being like oh god cringe out oh god like because mm. i was everything that like rory Kinnear said i was like dude shut up like shut up <laughs> uh because women have heard it all and we're very annoyed by all of it and it hasn't stopped so i'm just like wondering you know who he spoke to what women in his life were like Oh, yeah, I've totally like because he just hit it right on the head and almost too well. It was like, uh, uh, oh, my God, maybe it's stuff that he said to women that he's realizing were terrible things to say or something, Um, because that would be at least like, oh, maybe you've learned something. I don't know. Um, I don't know how big of a feminist he is. I can't tell from this movie. That's, I think, where my largest issue is, is I'm like what are you saying about women here? Like, are you yeah. a feminist? Are you on our side? Do you think men are terrible? Like, do you think men are doing bad things to women or like, what, what is it? Or is this just about men? Is this movie actually about men or women? I can't tell.
0: It's mm, an interesting question. I don't, because obviously it's saying something very clear about men, very yes. one dimensional in the green man in and of himself is kind of one dimensional. Um, but so is
1: Ugh. the female character. I feel like she 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 does express some emotion, but it's not a whole lot. She's very like stone faced throughout a lot of this film like she does show a little bit of fear, but I didn't you know there's such little backstory about her that it's hard to say like who she is as a character either like there's not enough to really yeah. go on, so it just is like obviously this was kind of on purpose, but I you know. It wears the depth, I guess.
0: Well, yeah, you don't know anything about her. Like we said, we don't know who the other men in her life are. We don't even know who the other women in her life are other than this friend. Yeah. Um, But it does seem like that's intentional, right? Because, yes. you know, again, the men make this all about them in this movie. Um, I To answer your, your point about cringing on lines, of course I cringed for most of the lines. Um,
1: Did you ever see the movie Mother...
0: of course yeah the aronofsky
1: uh yes which i loved i know a lot of people thought it was like the worst film oh i I thought it was fantastic because to me it was rough
0: at the end but
1: it, it yes but to me it was like this is an allegory this is supposed to be like a fairy tale and i feel like this movie is very similar in that way where there yeah you get no backstory you get very little to go on on these characters. You just have to take Mm. everything you have at face value, which is not a lot and kind of extrapolate from there.
0: Yeah. I I like that comparison too. I do think this movie is not as smart. No, (sighs) Um, but perhaps out of, you know, perhaps intentionally. I I do think that he is like, no, I'm not going to bury the message here. You know, like, and it almost feels like it was too much one thing for you. And because there was no depth on the other side, you couldn't ground yourself in it. It sounds like you were having trouble finding the right perspective on this movie.
1: Yeah. Like, uh, that whole, although I will say that with whole scene where he sticks his hand through the letterbox or whatever the, you know. Uh, through yeah, the door yeah. um, and you're seeing both sides like up and down angle and you're seeing both their hands and they're yeah. like meeting in the middle. Like um, y- yeah, that felt like, you know, probably the most poignant scene. Cause it's like when she kind of takes the power back and she's just like, Oh, fuck you. I'm not afraid of you. And just like <laughs> stabs yeah. him. And that's where like, you know, everything starts to unravel the green man unravels. And, you know, that's the beginning of releasing the trauma. Um but even then yeah. she has no expressions on her face.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I thought it was I don't know if that's scripted or if this is just her. Yeah, there's maybe
1: like a tinge of a little bit of satisfaction Of being like, ha ha, I got you, bitch But other than that, yeah It was like, I I just would have been nice to just see Like a sigh of relief, like I got him, or something And I guess you get that at the end with the smile That's where you get the sigh of relief But it does take the entire film to Like, see some real emotion
0: Yeah, have you seen Jessie Buckley in anything else? I mean, she's in a lot of prestige TV I have, Um, I've seen a few things um I, and she's I a good had,
1: actress it's not it, I think it was just a choice
0: yeah yeah uh, uh, look I, I mean I, I agree with that I almost I almost feel like if there was more of a female dialogue in this it maybe would have helped me because this this movie isn't an allegory it's sort of trying to shoehorn an allegory at the end with these original sin green man you know fertility things um but to me, it's not an allegory at all. She's a woman who's literally like faced with all of the different demonic iterations of who a man is to her, um, and who. And that's frankly, not an allegory. <laughs> no, it's just saying what it is. You know, like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I guess, I guess, like Rory Kinnear is an allegory for man. Yes. Like- <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I.
1: That's what I really mean. It's like, yeah, yeah obviously, that's very literal. Like, I mean, well, maybe not even literal, but. It yeah there's there could have been a slightly more intelligent play here i'm sure but i he had a very strong opinion and he was like i'm going for it and this is what you're getting so and the fact that he had many people and a lot of money put into this film and someone in this you know definitely read the script and was like wait they're birthing out of the asshole what and they were like, yeah, yeah, give him money. Well, it's oh, really so-
0: not the asshole. It's really more of the part between the penis and the asshole. Yeah, so it's like going.
1: weird taint situation. Yeah. But
0: <laughs> Oh, God, it's rough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, I, look, I mean, now that you're saying it, like maybe he thought about it and was like, okay, this message, when men speak this way, um, they don't <laughs> they, they don't hide it in subtlety. But also when so men speak this I? way,
1: the younger generation listen and they continue speaking that way i mean that's why i think it was interesting they had the like younger version like he was just as much of a little shit as the rest of them if not more and it was like yeah because you're propagating the same general feeling towards women if they don't serve a purpose for you then they're bitches they're nothing
0: yeah yeah i mean that's that's interesting i think like I, I don't know to to, to answer your point like there, the cringiest moments to me are like when the the priest the only way the priest guy, the vicar, knew how to like Portray understanding and comfort was to like touch her thigh. Yeah. I was, like,
1: and then when he like does this whole monologue about her like yeah. sexuality, I was like, oh God. I mean, gr- he does a great job because it's like so uncomfortable. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm like in my skin, like just, oh, please stop. But like, yeah, like men, men have spoken to women this way and it, yeah. it feels very real. <laughs>
0: yeah it's int- it's interesting because like you don't see emotion from her except for those flashback scenes i guess you see a lot of emotion then yeah. you don't see a ton of emotion in this moment it's almost like she's accepted her fate and nothing new is being shown to her even though rory kinnear is the direct opposite he's like oh he's acting got s- so a thousand much. percent yes like, a thousand percent um in all of his choices um anyway i i think this yeah it's it's in it's interesting um we haven't really talked at all about like the visuals which i know is like one of the things that i find to be the positives here and actually actually let's in do, unless you have something that you that we didn't get to that you wanted to say do you i i'd love to talk a little bit about the um like the sound aspect of this i was yeah this. i was
1: about to say it was a sound right i mean it's like a lot yeah. of echoes a lot of vocals a lot of weird operatic singing. Uh, yeah. I definitely took note of all of it. Um, the, like what? her little song that she made in the tunnel
0: that yeah, kind of keeps
1: playing over and over again.
0: Which is already not grounded in reality, right? Like that was my first moment of seeing like, okay, this is not real, this place, because that's not how echoes work.
1: And then also it seemed to have changed Like I mean right. it said it seems like she got lost But then she got to the same tunnel again And it was closed and I was like oh, okay She's yeah. like trapped in some Like other world she's in some other realm yeah. At this point
0: Yeah and he he used sound To deliver us there and, and you are right He's trying to say something about Like her hearing Her voice for the first time And sort of getting lost in it And like hers
1: um, is all beautiful and then he's just like Rah! He's just yeah. screaming <laughs> and running at her and i'm like yeah the the difference between like she's just like i'm here making some music so making some little like sing-songy thing and he's just like yeah. making like nails on a chalkboard sound and you're like why
0: <laughs> yeah there's also something very pagan and traditional about the way that she's forming like sort of a chanting aspect to it um some of that is in devs, too. Um, some of the the music seemed directly cribbed from some of the themes from devs. Um, hey, man, if,
1: if it's remember. a good idea, you reuse that. You sample yourself <laughs> over and over again, baby. Just keep it going.
0: Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just think the art of this movie, like, if we, if we take the writing away and, like, the sort of conceit... Um, I, I think he's really Alex Garland is really good at, at giving us a sense of place, both yes. in the in the music and the in the visuals.
1: Yeah, locations were beautiful. The music was I actually really liked that song. They I, I had to look it up, I forget who the artist was, but then they did a cover of it at the end. So it was like, Okay, you liked the song a lot. You played it twice.
0: Yeah, wait, who was
1: it? Oh, I have to look at my Shazam. <laughs> Because I was like, I've never heard this artist, and I'm assuming it was like an artist from like maybe the '60s or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. I it, never...
0: sounded, it's, it sounded like a like a Joni Mitchell or something. Leslie Duncan.
1: Oh. That off. was the from the one from the beginning. I don't know who she is. I I'm just looking
0: her up. Um, yes, then... you yeah, you are correct. She is a English singer songwriter from the 1970s.
1: Yeah, I had a feeling it was something around that and then i don't i guess there was a i guess her song was covered at the end i'm assuming it was Mm -hmm. like if she's the original songwriter i'm not sure but i like that song it definitely was an interesting choice for like the beginning of a horror film it immediately was like oh okay it's just very vibey not like anything creepy just a nice little song great Mm.
0: yeah but it was like you knew it was coming so it's like i don't know they they didn't, calm before the storm yeah and he doesn't seem to like rely uh garland doesn't seem to rely on jump scares so it's it no
1: was, no he doesn't
0: yeah which is you you say vibey and that's what he's going for in this movie which is kind of like he he wants to like lay his cards on the table and make you like experience them you know yeah. um, so I, I think that the opening song does that pretty well because you're kind of like okay cool I mean yeah I realize of,
1: uh, actually I don't think he really uses music to convey horror at all like I don't remember there ever no. being like high you know tremolo string you know the very essence of horror movie music there's none of that so I mm-hmm. actually appreciate that it's kind of like Midsommar doing something that's all in daylight it's like not doing the regular horror tropes so I appreciate that yeah.
0: Yeah, no, that's a good call. Um some of the only musical aspects we just talked about that I noticed were, were, were what we just talked about, you know, um like the intro song, her that moment with the with the tunnel. Um so, yeah. Cool. Um well, great. I think uh, I think that's I think we've arrived at the the rating section. Unless there's anything else I missed, did you have anything else in your notes you wanted to
1: um Talk no, about? I just I'm I'm interested to see what he makes next. Um yeah. I obviously would love to see more sci-fi out of him, but if he wants to do more like folklore, I love folklore and especially like European folklore. So if he wants to dive more into that world, go for it.
0: Yeah, so he is in post production on a new movie um called Civil War. Right. Which does have the lead from devs. Her name is, I'm looking at, I looked it up now. Her name is Sonoya Mizuno. Yes. Um, and also Kirsten Dunst. That's a great casting movie. Um, I don't know anything about it. Um, War Garland movie. I'm going to see if there's like a synopsis or anything, but, but it's in post-production, but I don't think anybody knows anything about it. Um, yeah, it's just we know the production but we don't really know what the plot is. Um So, it is it is set in an indeterminate point in the future, just far enough ahead for me to add a conceit. It's a sci-fi allegory or something. Cool. So, <laughs> cool. So it looks like he's he's sort of trying to return to form a little bit. So, um we'll look out for that. Okay. Um well, great. This is a uh, This, this takes us to the uh, end of the podcast. So, um, we've discussed it, we've sliced and diced the movie and, uh, now we're going to give it the two ratings. Um, as we always do, we, we rate our movies on two scales. Um, one is a, uh, scale of scariness, uh, to determine just how frightening we found the movie. We rate it on a scale from zero to five sheep as in how many sheep it took you to, uh, count, fall asleep. Um, what uh, what do you think on this Asha I, I have trouble rating this but you're a, a woman so some of this like probably hits you differently than me so I'd be curious what your thoughts are on the scary side of this
1: I will give it I think three sheep in scariness mm. because just like if I were hanging out and just some naked dude is like looking yeah. through my windows like oh hell no I don't yeah. want that <laughs>
0: Yeah, this is almost like a rare... It's a combo of a home invasion and a supernatural movie. Um, Because this creature spends a lot of time trying to get through her doors and windows.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, Uh, for sure.
0: Yeah, so I I think I'm about probably at like a two. And it's not... We often struggle with the scary rating when it's a gory movie. Um, I was putting this on last night in my... uh, my sister-in-law and her husband are in town. Uh, Julie won't come near a movie like this with a ten-foot pole. Um, but which is
1: interesting because it's yeah, there's no jump scares, and I feel like that's what gets a lot of people. They don't want jump scares, and this is sure. like not that at all.
0: No, and and she just doesn't like horror movies. But I, the other two that are staying with us are not as against them. Um, and I knew this was not going to be a scary, scary movie. Like I knew it wasn't going to be. I don't know, like a demon ghost movie, although it right. is kind of a demon movie. Um, but I knew it was going to be a little bit more atmospheric. So I, I, I figured it would be fine to watch. And then we did, we ultimately decided that they didn't want to, uh, so they didn't watch it. And I'm very, very glad they did, uh, decide not to watch it because it would have like been the, weird. The end of the, the movie is rough. The end of the movie is, is definitely, I would put it in advanced horror, um, yeah, it's definitely just really, really gross and really like. It just turns into in,
1: Cronenberg,
0: exactly. Very, very, very grotesque body horror. Um, and there's, you know, there should be a trigger warning on like any anyone who's experienced like miscarriage or birth trauma. Like there's something there too. So it's rough. It's a it's a bad ending. So that's why I'm giving it sort of a two because I, I you can't give it any less than a two if if that's how he ends the movie. So for sure. Um, Two out of five sheep or whatever vomit vomit comments yeah uh <laughs> vomit comments is nice i like that wait maybe that'll be when it's like a gory movie we'll call them how vomit many comments. how
1: many vomit comments I, I will give this one a five vomit comment honestly
0: yeah nice, nice. that
1: very ending i was just like wait what <laughs> uh, god it, it <laughs> reminds me of health class when i watched like the uh miracle yeah. of life video and i was like i didn't sign up for this i mean i guess Oof. i did but i didn't know i signed up for this
0: well that's a whole other. Level and then I think horror. about that
1: movie junior with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger and I'm like is this what it was like?
0: Oh my god. <laughs> um cool. Okay. Uh well so we also rate uh movies on a, a scale of general quality from 0 to 5 stars or sometimes we playfully uh uh give a different symbol. So I guess this time from 0 to 5
1: Great uh, Rory Kinnears?
0: Rory Kneers. <laughs> You almost said Greg Kinnear. <laughs> I know. And I was like, not the right actor. Are they related? I don't think so. I don't think because he's American, right? Greg yeah, Kinnear? yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, I, I love that from zero to five, Rory Kinnear's. Um, I'll go first. I'll uh, you're, you. You can have the last word on this one. I'm I, I'm really at like a like a two on this one, and and I i don't think it's for lack of trying i did like i said i i I don't regret watching this movie I, i think it was it was a compelling movie for most of the time i just did not walk away with like a firm understanding of like how he how alex garland feels about our world um which perhaps was the problem you were alluding to earlier um so yeah for me it's a two out of five what about you
1: Yeah, stylistically, beautifully made. I mean, all his films are really beautifully made. So I'm always like, down to watch just for that. But yeah, I'll say like a two because like I said, I don't ever need to watch this movie again. Uh, But I'm glad I experienced it. And I'm excited for the next one
0: yeah I was disappointed to see like the Rotten Tomatoes score is like sixty nine so it's definitely like just barely in the realm of like I'm sure I'm pretty sure it'll be a capable movie. But now I understand why critics were were split, you know,
1: and I feel like that yeah, it's very similar to like mother i I walked away being like, oh my God, this was really great, but so many people were like, this was disgusting. it was you know xyz i was like this movie had a statement and it was very obvious like what was going on to me it was like this is mm-hmm. like just some crazy fever dream and like you just have to accept this reality uh this movie was like is this a dream is this reality does he like women does he hate women like who knows
0: yeah. No, you know what? I, now that you're saying it, he definitely has a very clear statement that he's making in this movie. And I think you and I both agree to that fact. I just don't know what to do with the statement. Yeah. Like, I don't know what he wants me to get from it. Exactly.
1: <laughs> I don't know what the lesson is here. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, well, I think that's a, a lovely way to end the podcast. Um, Thanks for, uh, thanks for joining us, Asha, as always. Thanks for um, having
1: me. I have a great time on this podcast
0: yeah so you'll you'll come back soon i think um, oh i will this is uh this is our um your third episode so you're definitely the most recurring host so Me. um yeah so listeners check out asha's music at AshaMakesmusic.com uh and all of the social platforms under the same name um if you like what you hear uh sh- give us a rating on spotify or apple podcasts yeah uh, what ratings
1: follow- like one to five <laughs> what do i get <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. She it's it's hard to get people to rate podcasts because like I don't know about you, but I don't even rate podcasts, which I shouldn't out myself like that. But um I listen to podcasts and then I move on. Fair, <laughs> uh, but yeah, follow us on all the platforms. It helps us to reach new listeners. Um you can uh, find us at fearandthere dot com and fearandthere at gmail dot com if you want to send hate mail. Um don't do that otherwise it's been uh, it's been a lovely time and we will be back again soon this is the first of several episodes in the month of October I had to Kick it into high gear for spooky season. So there's
1: so many good movies coming out.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, unfortunately, I don't think we're watching any of those new ones in these podcasts. Oh there are going to be some. If you need a Hellraiser,
1: up. I love Hellraiser. It's my favorite. Like I will. Yeah. Do, we could do a, a, you know, old one versus new one. I'm ready.
0: Am I look at Zach and I did the old Hellraiser. Maybe I'll. Maybe maybe that'll be his 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 next one. Um, I'll talk to him about that. We'll put that in the sketch. Um, thank you. But yeah, thanks for joining us, everyone. Listener, thanks for listening. We will uh, catch you again real soon. Bye.